Welcome back to God's Pathway to Life for You. I'm your host, Dave. Today, we're going to be talking about Romans chapter 6. Up next. Hello, thank you for returning to the podcast. Uh, Before we get started, I want to start with my prayer for understanding. Father, please hear my prayer for my listeners. Please bless them with the understanding of your word, that they hear your quiet, still voice hidden in your word. And your word becomes alive to them in a way that they understand. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so last time we was together, it was last year, I think. And uh, this is will be the this will be the first podcast for the year. I've been I'm kind of late. I'm 19 days late. I've been sick, and I haven't been doing very well. Uh, I'm doing somewhat somewhat better last couple of days. And I've kind of been down because of my stomach and all that. So uh, with that out of the way, I'll let you know that I, I do appreciate y'all praying for me. It does help. I got days where I got real good, strong days, and some days not so good. But, you know, that's just one of those things you have to do. You have to endure. You bear through. And when you, when I get to the other side of this sickness and I'm, I'm over it, I'll be, I'll be glad that it's down the road. But... Like anything else that comes into your life as a Christian, any difficulties, when you make it to the other side, you're stronger for it. So just remember that. Okay, so, you know, before uh, I get started, I wrote me a little script, so I got a little script. Before we talk about Romans 6, I would like to backtrack and look at the last part of chapter 5, verse 12 in Romans Uh, When he said, one man brought sin into the world and the gift, Jesus Christ, for the many transgressions or trespasses, which means that basically Adam brought sin and death into the world, but Christ brought life and reconciliation plus the covering of many sins. And I'd also like to look at uh, chapter 19. One man's disobedience, one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. This part applies to the Christian person. When you read your Bible, when you go to church, your friends and your family, they know where you're going and what you're doing. You're the best Christian person they know. If you live a life for Christ, they'll see it and want that for their lives. Your life should reflect the life of Jesus Christ, a loving, caring, forgiving and when you forgive somebody, it also means forgetting. It's like they their transgression or their sin never applies to you. Because when you stand before Christ and you want him to forgive you, you also want him to forget the sins that you had. If not, and you hang on to those sins, when you die at the end of your life, there's going to be a big jumbo screen up there. And all your friends and your family and the people that shared your life with you they will see all the sinful things that you've done with your life. It'll be up there for everybody. There's nothing that you you did in your life that's going to be kept secret. Every secret little thing that you did in the privacy of your room, in a hotel room, in the privacy of an office, whatever you've done that you thought you was in complete privacy, that moment will be shown to all your friends and family and everybody who shared your life because it's a sin. And every sin is going to be revealed at the judgment seat of Christ. But you're a light in a dark and dying world. And that light is what should draw people to God. Because that light that is living in you is the living spirit of Jesus Christ living in you. 
So, that chapter 6 starts out talking about sin and how we're free from sin through the death of Jesus Christ. That was my little script. So now we're looking at uh, Romans chapter 6. So let's go ahead and just get right into it. So what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Because if we back up a little bit in Romans chapter 5 verse 20 says, Moreover, the law entered that offenses may abound, wherein but where sin abound, grace did much more abound. That as sin has regained to death, even so might grace reign through righteousness to eternal life in Jesus Christ. So what he's saying is, you know, if we are free from sin, why should we live a sinful life? Then he says, God forbid, how shall we that we are dead into sin live any longer therein? Knowing, knowing you not that so many of us also were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. So what does that mean when we talk about being baptized into his death? Well, your sinful life, your old nature, the old person that you used to be, you have to lay that down. You have to quit being that person. You have to sacrifice that old person you are. You have to nail that person to the cross, Who your, your old self. You have to, that old person, your old sinful, hateful self has to die as, as that death. And then you get a new life, you know, your new Christian life. Therefore, we are buried with him by the baptism into death. That like as Christ was risen up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. So when he's talking about that, he's talking about taking your old sinful self and burying that on the cross, putting that to death. And what I kind of told my friend the other day, he's like, you know, oh, oh, talking about the Bible and stuff. I told him, I said, hey, look, I said, when you're living a life as a Christian and, and you take that, you know, Christ died as a sacrifice for once and for all. We, we don't have to make official sacrifices anymore. But as you go through life, you have these sinful things that you have in your life. And you need to take these sinful things out of your life and you nail them to the cross. Or sacrifice these sinful things away from your life. Get them out of your life. Nail them to the cross. Get rid of your sinful, hateful, angered nature. And try to live a new uh, Christian life of caring and understanding. Because what this is trying to get you to do is prepare you for heaven. Because you're not going to be able to walk around with a chip on your shoulder in heaven. You're not going to be able to walk around all pissed off in heaven. You're not going to be able to walk around angered or uh, backbiting or talking ill about somebody. The whole thing is a love gift. I told you that Christ is, you know, at the end of life, God's going to give the Christian people to Christ as a love gift. And then Christ in turn is going to give himself and the Christian people back to God as a love gift. So, you know, the whole thing is based on love, so I don't see how you're going to get your hateful, sinful, adulterous heart in this, in this love package that's going to be handed back and forth. So in order for you to get into this, this love package that's going to be handed back and forth, you've got to be a person of love. You have to have a loving heart. You have to care for people. And when, you know, I've had people do me wrong in the past i have had people steal money from me and uh, i i forgive those people 
when I mean I forgive those people, I don't longer throw it in their face like, hey, remember that time you stole $10,000 from me? Or, hey, remember that time you stole 500 bucks from me? Or, hey, remember that time you stole 20 bucks from me? Or, hey, remember that time I loaned you 20 and you never gave me back? Man, I'm telling you, you have to let that go. When you forgive somebody, you have to totally erase it from your mind like it never existed. And I have a friend that he keeps, he comes over, uses, abuses me, and, you know, takes advantage of our friendship. And my mother and my other friends are asking me, why do I continue to help this person? Because maybe that's the only place he can get help. You know, even though he's using me, I know he's using me, I still help him. Because that's the Christian thing to do. We don't judge, I don't judge him. I don't take my, my, my giving hand away from him. No, I continue to give even though he's neglecting it. Because that's that's not my problem. That's his problem. And when uh, the time comes and we stand before uh, judgment, he's going to get in trouble for that. I won't. I'll get a reward for what I'm doing, but he's going to get a, a, a detrimental uh demerit for that because of his actions because he's using abusing in a friendship so don't be a kind of person like that don't use and abuse people and take advantage of them because what you're doing is you're building up wrath for your day of judgment and we'll talk about that here in a minute verse five for if we for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection so if we're if we died on the cross with Christ and when we when he was raised and we're having this newness of life we should be a facsimile of of Christ like I said earlier you're a light in this dark and dying world that light that is in you is the light of Christ that that's why he says hide the word of God in your heart because the word of God is light and the heart is your mind Whatever your mind will do, that's what you will do, you know. Trust me, whatever's on your mind, that's what you're going to do. And see, that's why you have to read the Bible and get the Bible to cleanse all that crap out of your mind. Because look, you've been, for the last 20, 30, 40 years, you've been putting worldly knowledge in your head. And less of godly knowledge. So your head is out of balance. You have more worldly knowledge than you have godly knowledge. And you wonder why your life is difficult. You wonder why your life has problems in it. You wonder why your life is stressed in so many areas. Well, it's because you're relying on worldly knowledge and not on godly knowledge. Once you get on the basis of understanding that everything is godly, and you search out for the godly, your life becomes better. That's why Jesus said, take upon my yoke because my my burden is light. Trust me, when you become a Christian and you start reading your Bible and you start taking sin, anger, and hatred, and animosity, and anger, and all this stuff out of your life, things will improve. It won't improve right away because there's a, there's, it's it's kind of like a test. It's like kind of like a probational period. Are you going to be all the way coming all the way through with it you're going to read your bible you're going to go to church or try to remove sin and hatred and anger and animosity out of your life or are you just uh, pissing in the wind and just doing this for a few minutes and then get on down the road there's going to be a difference one's going to be sustainable the other's not you're going to fall away on the on the wayside you got to have it once uh, god placed that seed of faith in your heart that I tell you, the number one podcast, the number one episode for this that gets the most downloads is Finding God. P 
people are looking for God. Well, if you're looking for God, God has already found you. He's already placed that seed of faith in your heart. He's already placed that faith of desire to know who he is and to find his word. But see, that's the problem. You're picking up these Bibles, you're reading them, but you're not getting anything out of them. Well, because there's a lot of fake Bibles out there. There's only a few preserved scriptures out there. King James Version Bible is one of those that God has placed his hand on and said, I'm going to preserve this Bible. And see, that's another thing. A lot of people think, well, the Bible is just a bunch of words that's been misconstrued and thrown together by men. <laughs> if God has the ability to create us, your, your vascular system, your breathing, your lungs, your heart, your brain, everything that just makes up you, don't you think he's able, uh, capable of sustaining his word through time, through his existence? I mean, you, you act like God has no ability to sustain his word. But this is the true word of God. And see, that's what the problem is. People don't believe that. So six, knowing that our old man is crucified with him and that the body of sin might be destroyed, that hereafter we shall not serve sin. So you got a new body. You got a new, fresh, new, clean, washy, white soul. Everything's all spick and span because the Holy Spirit came, came into your life, separated your soul from your flesh. So now you have the separation we are not bound by sin anymore because the Holy Spirit is indwelled in your body and he's keeping your flesh from your soul so your soul is no longer burdened by sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more, death has no dominion over him. For in that he died, he died to sin once. But in that he lives, he lives to God. That's eternity. He's talking about eternity. He does, Christ never dies again. will never die again. But see, here's the thing. This is what a lot of people don't understand. Okay, God created everything. He knew that mankind is going to be a sinful creature that he's going to create. Why did he create it? Because if you keep something from somebody, they're always going to have this question in the back of their mind of what if, or this desire to have it. Okay, I give it to you. You find out it's crap. You find out it's painful. You find out it's a lot of suffering and parent. So, and then you come to an understanding where you realize that there's a need for salvation. You accept the salvation. You get eternal life. Well, now you look back at that life that you lived. And every bit of that life that you suffered and died and went through all that, that was, you needed that because that answered all those what if questions for you. So now you, you know the answer to that. What ifs? So you know that they're all bad. That's why you, you enjoy your heaven because you know that you came from a very bad place to a very positive place. Knowing if you be dead with Christ, believe that we shall live with him. Knowing that Christ is being raised from the dead and dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died to sin once, but he lives, he lives to God. He lives eternally because he is God. He's God in the flesh. God loved you so much that he figured a way. He said, well, you know, I, I love you so much. I'm going to have to take my spirit because God is a spirit, you know, a, a being of some kind. And he says, I'm going to become flesh. So he became flesh, he, he took a part of himself and turned it into flesh, 
and that's his son, Jesus Christ, and he sent that down to the earth to die, to suffer, to be persecuted, to whipped, to be lashed, to be tortured, to be shamed, to be spit on and everything like that by his own creation just to find a way to save your life. Now, man, that's some God who's willing to come down from off high, take on the flesh that we have to endure, go through life and endure the suffering and pain, and then die in order for you to have salvation. Now, if that, if that doesn't get you your, your loyalty to God, there's nothing going to get your loyalty to God. You're just going to go straight to hell. But God did all that to save your life so you'd have a chance to live eternally with him and never die, never cry. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead into, indeed to sin, but alive to God through the Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it even the lust thereof. Don't desire evil things. You know, don't let sin, once you sin, arrest it quick. Lord, I've sinned. Please forgive me for this sin. Wash me clean. Make me a place in heaven with you. Die. You know, make me right with you. Wash away this sin. Let me be in a right standing with you. I know that that sin is wrong. I, your word says it's wrong. I reckon it to be right, you know, and I'm yielding myself to your word now, even though, you know, I did mess up, but I'm doing it now. And please forgive me. And that God will come down. We'll wash your sins and will indeed set you right again. But he's saying, don't even go down that road. Don't even look at sinful things. Don't bring sinful things into your home. Don't bring sinful things into your life. You know, a lot of people think that they got to have a boyfriend or girlfriend or a significant other to go through life with. Well, you know what? If you patiently wait on the Lord, the Lord will bring you a God-fearing person into your life. Or you can run out like them young girls, run out and find a guy, drag him home, and the guy's a drunk slob and he beats him. Or you can wait on the Lord and let the Lord bring a man into your life or a woman into your life that's God-fearing, that reads their Bible, that will sharpen you and make you a better Christian. But if you run out and find somebody, I guarantee you're going to find somebody in the wrong way. So just wait on the Lord, pray about it, and God will send somebody into your life, and they will love you, and you will love them, and it will be a lasting love, not a lust. Neither yield your members as instruments of righteousness to sin, but yield yourself to God. Don't go out whoring around. Don't go out putting your body into uh, sinful, unrighteous things. You know, Don't be fornicating and lusting and drinking and, and hanging out at the bars and stripping and, and showing your nether regions and all that. Live a godly life as those that are alive from the dead. You are members of an instrument of righteousness to God. See, that's the thing, and that's why not everybody's going to make it into heaven because you have to be an instrument of righteousness for God to work with. For sin shall not have dominance over you, for you are no longer under the law but under grace. So you're not, you're not bound by the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are not hovering over you to show you that, you know, like a big rock, you're going to get smashed by it. No, you're free from the law. You're under, you fall under God's grace because God no longer see you in yourself. He sees you in his son, Jesus Christ. That's that grace. So when God looks at you, Jesus stands in front of you. And he sees only Christ. He don't see you for yourself, who your sinful nature, who you are. Because believe me, 
If you could put on God glasses and see yourself in your sinful nature, you'd be disgusted of what you look like. What then? Shall we shall we sin because we are not under the law, but but under under grace? God forgive, forbid. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servant, you are to whom you obey, whether the sin of death or the obedience of righteousness. I kind of messed that one up. It said, Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey. His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. Remember when I told you that we're all slaves? It doesn't matter what I mean whose side you're on. Either you're a slave to Satan or you're a slave to God. There's 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 no freedom. I mean, there's free will. You can hang on to your free will, but if you hang on to your free will, that's going to take you to hell. That's why Christ says you have to die to yourself to live. You have to die to live. And that means giving up your free will and then and voluntarily inserting yourself into the, the servitude of God and rejecting the servitude of Satan. This is what it basically boils down to. There's only two sides of this coin of life. Either you're a servant of Satan with your, hank, your hatred, your anger, your animosity, your back-talking, your spite. Oh, look at old Jody over there wearing this. Look at old Frank over there and that sorry SOB and, and, and on and on and on. Or you're over there with, boy, I really hope that, Mary has enough to eat tonight. I really hope that Joe's doing okay. I know that he had that surgery. I wonder if he's getting okay tonight. I wonder if he's in any discomfort or pain. You know, there's a balance of that. Either you're a hater of people and a despiser of people, or you're a lover, caring, and concerned about people. You know, there's only two ways to live a life. You can't live in, in the middle. There's no gray. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, oh, in verse 16, uh, uh, obedience where of sin to death or obedience to righteousness or obedience to the gray area or the park bench or the side bench or there's there's no gray area there's no side bench there's no such thing it's obedience to sin to death or obedience to righteousness you're making that choice now today so when you don't make it to heaven what you don't make it to your heaven and you don't get to go into all that it's you it's not Christ, it's not God, it's you. That's why this whole thing's messed up. I mean, for the lost, you know, they're selfish. They don't want to give up that life. They don't want to die to themselves. They want to hang on to themselves so they can live a life. I'm saying it's better for you to die yourself, give up sin, hatred, animosity, try to conform your life to the word of God. God says, do not cuss, don't cuss. God says, do not drink alcohol, don't drink alcohol. God says, do not have sex out of marriage, do not have sex out of marriage. It's not that hard to do. You just got to want to do it. But God be thanks, but God be thanks, thanks to God, that you were the servant of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that from a doctrine which was delivered to you. So you heard the word of God, and that touched your heart, and you said yes to what God was saying. Are you willing to take all this on and be my 
be a Christian? And you said, yes. So you're delivered. Being then made free from sin, you become the servant of righteousness. So now you're a servant of righteousness. See, I told you, mankind is incapable of being in having righteousness, but we can be a servant of righteousness. That's the greatest thing to have. I speak after this manner of men because of the infirmity of the flesh. You know, all know what he's talking about. Our, our ability to fall to our sinful nature. As for you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity to iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness, to holiness. So he's saying, you know, you know, back in the past, you lived that sinful life. You, you, you fed your flesh. You did every sinful, des- desirable thing that you wanted to do. But then you found the word of God. And now that you've been found the word of God, you've been made clean. So no longer go down that path serving Satan, serve the living God. Now that you know who he is, because he's going to direct you, he's going to guide you. And look, the whole thing's rigged. You're going to end up Christ-like either way, you know. It's great. I mean, you cannot screw your Christian walk up. You can't. You can't jack it up because, see, there's nothing that you did to even initiate your salvation. So there's nothing you can do to uninitiate your salvation because the salvation comes from God because it comes out of his love for you. So there's nothing, there's no list. I don't care if you don't read your Bible. I don't care if you go to church. If you make a statement of faith and you believe it in your heart, you're going to be compelled to read your Bible. You're going to be compelled to go to church. You're going to be compelled to share the word of God with somebody like I'm doing with you right now. That's proof of your salvation. If you're not compelled, if you're not driving, if you're not pushing, if you're not getting the word out there, if you're not doing all that, and you're just sitting on your blessed assurance, I'm scared for you. I'm really scared for you. But I know that God in his love will still take you in. But where your glory will measure on the glory scale will be another thing. Will you have a crown? Will you have treasures to lay at the feet of Christ because you sat on your blessed assurance? When your friends and your family, and you will see this, the other people in your life that are at a Christian walk, they have these huge treasures and big crowns and rings and goblets and golds and all these treasures that they're laying at the feet of Christ. And you come up there absolutely empty-handed. And everybody looks. And everybody knows, well, he only got in here because God loved him. Not because he loved God back, but because God loved him. The ones that are offering these heaping of treasures of gold, is their, those were manifested out of love through their life for Christ. And you're sitting there empty-handed because you didn't love Christ through your life. You just hang on to your salvational card, and you got in, and so there you are. So wherever your glory scale will be, who knows? But I feel free. For we were servants of sin, for you are free from righteousness. What fruit have you then in those things? Wherefore you are now ashamed, for the end of those things is death. Like I said, why does he say ashamed? For now you're ashamed. Because all those sinful things, if you don't remove them out of your life and you stay, keep them, everybody's going to see them. Everybody's going to see those sinful things, shameful things. And so if you are if you hate embarrassment on the earth, what do you think heavenly 
embarrassment embarrassment's going to be when everybody gets to see the little things that you did in secret that you thought nobody would see. Because those little things that you do in secret that you think no one will see, that is going to be played on a big jumbotron in heaven for everybody to see. Every sin will be brought to light. Everything will be revealed at the end of times. But you can remove all those things if you repent. If you live a repentative life and don't do those things, you can wash those things off of the big screen. It's God has made that possible. There is a way out from embarrassment. God has made a plan for everything. That's why it says we're sin abound, but grace abounded much more. That's what he's talking about. But now being made free from sin and become a servant to God, you have your fruits to holiness and the end of everlasting life. You cannot screw this up. You're going to be made Christ-like either way, either at the point of your death when you get transfigured into your Christ-likeness or when Christ comes back in the sky and takes the wedge out of the timeline and slaps back together and the rapture happens, you'll be transformed in your Christ-likeness at that point. But like I said, but now you've been made free from sin and become a servant of God, you have your fruit in holiness. There's, there's a goal, there's a gift, there's a winning thing. In, in the end to everlasting life. Man. And then he leaves this, this chapter 6 with this, this, this saying. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wages of sin is death. Payments for sin is death. So it's wages. Think of like waves hitting the, the lapping up on the shore for eternity of sin, lapping over and over. See, hell is going to be bad. Their sins are never going to be. They're never going to be able to pay the the full amount of wage for their sin. There's no way. There's no way. They're always going to be lacking in the scales. There's never going to be a time where the, I don't care if they spend 100 billion years in hell, there's never going to be a time when they are able to pay that wage for the sin of, except for death. But the gift, see, it's a gift of God, his eternal life through his son, Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord. See, it's you cannot screw your Christian walk up. All you got to do is... Do what the Bible's asking you to do. Conform your life to the Word of God. Remove sin and hatred and animosity and anger and construct your mind in a way that's godly. Don't get into a rage. Don't throw into a flying fit. Don't go off the handle. Don't yell at the top of your lungs. Don't get into people's face. Be Christ's light. Hold yourself back. Be very professional. Use very intelligent words in your arguments. Do not fall down and use slang or cuss words or vulgarity in your arguments. Use constructive words, constructive criticism. Conform yourself to the word of God. Because why? You're an instrument of righteousness. And if you don't want to play that instrument of righteousness, quit reading your Bible Go set it down. Quit listening to podcasts. Turn it off. Don't listen to any other Christian thing. Go out and live the best sinful life you can live because you're only going to get one shot at life. 
And the next life that you get or the next existence you get will be torment and punishment and wages of sin, that, uh, the death that you'll never be able to pay off. So you're going to be stuck in purgatory. You're going to be stuck in hell for the rest of your life on something that you're incapable of paying off. But Christ, which died for the people of Christianity, which laid his life down, all they have to do is believe. Believe that that is true, what I just said. And you, my friend, will gain eternal life. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, I, you know, I'm so sorry that I've been sick and I haven't seen you guys in a long time. But, man, let me tell you something. I don't, like I said, I don't advertise this podcast. I don't do anything with it. I just make the podcast and I upload them to the podcasting hosting site and I ask God to send people to it. So if you're listening to this podcast and you listen to the last four or five, and I know you've been downloading because I see you guys are still downloading, even though I'm not actively making podcasts because of my sickness, that is because God is driving this. This is not my words. This is his words to you in the best way he knows how to explain it to you. Because some of this stuff is tough to understand, but the way we just walked down this road and the way we just talked about it, I'm sure a lot of us got an understanding of what we're, what's being asked of us. Deny ourselves. Control ourselves. Control our language, our speech, our acts, our actions. Quit reacting and responding in the spirit of God. Okay, that brings us to the end of the podcast. I now have a call to action. This week, I'd like you to share the podcast with somebody, start a prayer list, find people, add to it, keep track, God answers a prayer. If you found the podcast, now's your chance to join God's family. You must live a repentative life, turn from sin and evil, turn to God, His Son, and the Word, live a life that God's made for you before the world was ever made. Now, here's a statement of salvation. You know, a prayer of salvation. You make this between you and Jesus Christ right now personally, between you and him, if you, if you believe you want to be a Christian. Then you seek out and you find a church. You, join, you go to church. They'll have an invitation time at the end of the service. We'll call people up front to make a public statement of faith. That's your opportunity. Jump up there, run up there, and make a public statement of faith. Get baptized. Start reading your Bible. Start removing sin, hatred, animosity, anger. You know, join the church. Start living the life that God has prepared for you way before time was ever again. And when you start reading the Bible, you'll start washing the garbage out of your head. Your life will start to get better. You'll start to handle problems better. It's because you have a clear understanding. But God will open your mind and show you a better way of living life. It is amazing. And that's why I do the podcast is to share this with you so you can get this opportunity too. So you can change your life because this is life-changing stuff. This is not just hot air and blowing in the wind. This is life-changing stuff. So here we go. If you want to have your life change for the better and one day see the faith of Jesus Christ, man, make this statement. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner, that my sins separate me from you. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. God raised you from the dead. I choose today by faith to invite you into my heart to take control of my heart, my life, to be my Lord and Savior. I willingly choose to turn from sin, to turn to you. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. Give me a home in heaven with you when I die. Change me. Make me a new person. Help me now to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, I invite you to church live stream South Heights Baptist Facebook page is in the link in the description for this episode. So check out the description box. 
Okay, if God has placed it on your heart to donate to the church, uh, check out the description box for this link. It's in the description box. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's all I have for today. Remember to say something to somebody you don't know because God said we we're all strangers too, and He loved us. So, your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.